Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> Privileged, honored, and humbled to be sitting across from an American hero, former Navy SEAL, and author of the phenomenal book, The Operator, firing the shots that killed Osama bin Laden, and my years as a Navy SEAL team warrior, my buddy, Robert O'Neill. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. All right, now before we have those cheers with me, though, Rob, don't yeah, get, don't get excited. Yeah, that's a lot of hands. Before we get to have some fun on the podcast, mm-hmm. your people gave us 50 books yes. to give out. Well, we actually we sold them, and we have a little gift for you. Okay, I want to introduce the vice president of the NYPD PBA, Officer John Puglisi. Thank you. Rob, just want to reiterate what Mike said. You are a true American hero. Uh, from a member that worked on 9-11, uh, it truly is an honor to take down the man that masterminded. So on behalf of the uh, members of the 9-4 Precinct, we'd like to donate to your charity $1,250. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Wow, that's very generous. Thank you for doing that. Of course. I did not expect that at all. Thank uh, you. And John has a couple more things for you. On behalf of the PBA, what we'd like to uh, give to you is these are called PBA cards. Cards that we give out to our police officers where you can then give them out to family, friends. U.S. Navy, SEAL Team 6, Navy SEAL. Wow. Cards with your name also. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. What we have too. Wow. PBA Challenge coins. Mm-hmm. I know how you guys in the military yeah, that's, uh, love I, these I, coins. As of right now, I owe you two drinks, but we'll see what <laughs> well, <laughs> In that case, I got about 20 of them in this bag. So this is all for you. Wow, thank you. Okay, Very you truly cool. are Very cool. an American hero. Thank you for doing that. Thanks. You know what's messed up? Hmm. 14 years I've been working, I don't have one PBA card with my name on. That's kind of bullshit, I think. Let's try yeah. to shoot someone more famous. <laughs> <laughs> Often in life, people are pigeonholed as one thing, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I brought my buddy Lee Abamante. He's pigeonholed as a travel guy. He's the youngest American to visit every single country in the world. So he's only the travel guy. Me, I'm like pigeonholed as, you know, the gorgeous Hollywood type. Well, obviously. Yeah. obviously. <laughs> you're, you're pigeonholed as just a guy who killed Bin Laden. So is there any way we can save the Bin Laden story till the end and actually have some yeah, fun? Yeah, I mean, if you, even if you look at the book that I have here, you'll, it's like chapter 24 because it was, it was mission number 400-something. Uh, that the team had been on. Now, that was the only reason it's on the cover of the book, The Operators, is because it's the most famous one. But the guys that on there, we probably averaged 15 years of special operate uh, special operations. So it wasn't um, it wasn't even the most difficult mission we did. We we're part of a team that uh, we were. I was on a team that took down a, a Russian tanker, a helicopter night raid on a on a on a uh, in the Persian Gulf. So a Russian tanker smuggling Iraqi oil pre 9/11. You know, we were doing stuff in Kosovo. We were doing stuff all over we, Liberia, and then we got into the wars after 9/11. And then, my, like my team, we rescued the lone survivor, Marcus Luttrell. Same well, group thanks, of guys. Spoiler alert! I guess I'll correct that now. <laughs> I'm not going to go into what we did. Uh, we can start at the beginning, though, if you like. I'm, I'm not going to ruin the interview. Well, no, you can't. Ruin spoiler it. alert, though: at the, at the end of this book, Bin Laden does die. <laughs> <laughs> So 
So, um, Rob, it's it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I know we were met in the car and yeah. joking around and stuff like that. But uh, I just wanted to say something before we have a little bit of fun. And uh, I worked in the World Trade Center. That was my first job out of college. And uh, I just wanted to thank you. And I'm going to try not to get emotional here, but uh, thank you wholeheartedly. Yeah, you, you're welcome. The SEAL Team 6, the U.S. government, uh, everybody who had a hand in finding that guy and for you specifically uh, for what you did and on behalf of my old company and uh, my friends, Andrew Sturgiopoulos, Billy Selepis, Monique DeJesus, Lynn Morris, Greg Richards, Paul Aquaviva, and so many others at the Kenneth Fitzgerald that uh, lost their lives that day. Thank you wholeheartedly for killing that motherfucker. Yeah, absolutely. That's the reason we went. That's, that's- I mean, I know I like to have fun, too, and, be, and, and joke around a lot, too. But on a serious note, when we went on that mission, when they told us who he was, um, we, we, we weighed the odds. You know, what, the, the whole thing that we used to say is, the, is the juice worth the squeeze on this one? And we, this one, definitely 100% we're going. I had a guy actually ask me, uh, if, uh, if we know we're, we're going to die on this mission, why are we going? And we said, well, we're, I said, we're not going for it. He said, he said, don't get me wrong. I'm going. I'm just, I just want to hear it. And I said, uh, we're, not, you know, we're not going for fame or money. We're going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at school on a Tuesday morning. And then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper because that's a better alternative than 25 degrees, 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. And her last gesture of human decency was to hold her skirt down so no one could see her underwear. She committed suicide. She didn't, she didn't want to do either. But that, uh, she, she wasn't supposed to fight. We're supposed to fight. That's why we're fucking going. And that was, that's the thought. It was because of the towers. It's because of the FDNY. It's because of the NYPD and the PAPD. Uh, the Pentagon, the, 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 the passengers that decided to fight to the death in, in Flight 93 over Pennsylvania. That's, that was it. it was, you know, we were the means to an end of a, of a very, very uh, pissed off country. Good for you, man. Honestly, it's awesome to talk to you. Great to meet you. And uh, I can't wait to buy you a beer. <laughs> I can't Thank wait. You, Thank you. Oh, yeah. Rob. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rob, <laughs> you're full of the whole room here of New Yorkers. Yes. A couple of questions. The big one everyone wants to know. Yep. Why the fuck are you a Red Sox fan? We need to know. You grew up in Montana. How are you a Red Sox fan? For those of us in the podcast, they, me and Mike uh, both have Yankees hats on, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, uh, I, I'm a Yankee people, fan, pe- too. Pe- <laughs> people actually stopped laughing a second ago, so I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it's, it's not a joke. I will be honest, though, that this is the uh, one of the first times in my life I'm in a room full of guns, and I'm not nervous. <laughs> just, I'm good. I'm good with this. Yeah, they, uh, it, it happened with uh, this. Is, oh, man, I'm digging a hole here already. My uh, first kid was born in 2004 when uh, the Red Sox were down. We don't talk about I that. I know we don't talk about it. It's like saying, it's like saying Bucky fucking dead yes. up in Boston. Uh, the, I was going through training for SEAL Team 6, and the only thing I had to look forward to was watching that series. And I'm just hoping that uh, it goes longer. I don't want it to end because all I have to look forward to and the Red Sox win. We all know what happened. It doesn't matter. The, Smart man. Uh, Smart man. The, kids, uh, the kid was born, and then I had my other kid was born when the Red Sox won it again. And for some reason – a bunch of people from the Sox would send us stuff overseas. Not that New Yorkers didn't. Um, and so I just, I, my daughter started to love it. I started to love it. And I remember that after the last World Series, the Red Sox won. I had my daughters there, and they let them run the bases at Fenway. And we stopped. You'll like this joke, I assure you. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I am setting myself up for success. Uh, so we finished it. I'm with my, my oldest daughter, and she must have been nine. And I said, all right, now you need to stop and look up at that. This is, you're at Fenway Park. Not everybody... 
not everybody gets to run the bases at Fenway Park. And she looked up and goes, Daddy, this year not everyone on the Red Sox is going to run the bases <laughs> at Fenway Park. <laughs> no. I don't know. Just kind of one of those things. I had the hats. Now move on to this. Uh-huh. Redskins. Like, dude, what, how is this a Redskins fan shit? Well, that's, that's the – I'm a Redskins fan because fuck – the Eagles. Well, <laughs> I'm, with you on that. I'm with you on that. And, the, ca- and the Cowboys for that matter. As a giant fan, I'm with you also. Yeah, man. No, I learned that too, traveling around the country quite a bit too, because there's the Redskins, the Eagles, and the, uh, the Cowboys, and the Giants. And like Giants, I'm good with. Cowboys, oh, whatever. The Eagles, man, just. So okay. uh, the Redskins, no, the Redskins yeah. started off as just a. Um, uh, I don't know. At four years old, my parents can't even. Uh, they don't even. I think because they started buying me stuff. Like uh, there's pictures of me as a child in front of a Christmas tree in Butte, Montana. And um, holding a Redskins sweatshirt or something, so I just liked them. I, I see you hobnobbing at the Kentucky Derby with uh, with Brady. So Brady, yeah. You're gonna you'll fold the roll to to Paige. I see. Uh, no, I no, see I can't. No, I, I like I like Brady uh, personally, and it's pretty impressive what he's done. And you know, he sold the soul to the devil. Let's be honest. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, you saw you saw him at the combine when he got drafted. Now all of a sudden he's like six foot thirteen, <laughs> most beautiful guy in the world, five Super Bowl rings, seventy million a year. I think it worked His, out for him. He yeah, goes I, home to a <laughs> wife who's hotter than she was before. She had the perfect child, and she makes more money than he did. You you tell me he didn't sell his soul to the devil. And I want to rip you up about the Celtics, <laughs> but last night we were out. How about sh- that? Show prepping. We were show prepping <laughs> yeah, last night, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Making sure we got along. Yeah, show Six prep. beers <laughs> later, turns out we do. <laughs> Come on, be honest. You thought they were going to lose in the third quarter. No, we were going to leave. We, yeah, paid the, we paid the tap. Yeah, we paid it. And, and we're leaving. Quarter, yeah. And then we're like, wait a minute. They just cut it to 10. You went to the bathroom like, bro, the lead's eight. The lead's seven. We're staying. I'm like, oh, I got to yeah. get early for Fox yeah. and Friends. Um, so listen, like I said, this is Lee Abamante. LeeAbamante.com. There's a nice little plug to every country in the world. Lee, you come on my show all the time. When you were in Iraq, I mean, uh, Afghanistan, what were you doing in Afghanistan? Because I'm just curious because we were talking about it. So when you're trying to go to every country in the world, obviously you have to go to Afghanistan. Yes. Lovely place, by the way. As it you is. Know. It is, especially in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wonderful in August. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I had seen something uh, from one of the military guys who was out there, and he was talking about how he played golf out there. In Afghanistan? Yeah. He must have been in the Air Force. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was still Team 6. Hey, for but, anyone uh, that's listening, too, I, I think it's, including the Eagles fans, it's okay to mess with people. Just bear with it. You can still buy the book, The Operator. It's available at Barnes & Noble's in Philadelphia. <laughs> Go Eagles. So, so anyway, so I'm like, <laughs> so I go to Afghanistan and I find out there's this thing called the Kabul Country Club, and it's a beautiful, beautiful I've place. I've heard of that too, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. There's two places in uh, Afghanistan too, uh, the Kabul Country Club I honestly didn't know about, but there's another place called the Green Door. Okay, is that like the Green Door in Vegas, by the no, way? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> it could be. They, uh What's interesting about that place is, is alcohol is illegal in Afghanistan. Uh-huh. It's a Muslim country, so they don't do anything wrong. They, uh, so they, they don't drink all the stuff. They yeah. think it's wrong. They don't eat, don't eat pork and all that stuff. But you can go to the Green Door and find booze. We found that out. It, that's a really long or short, stupid story. The long one was not any better, so I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, doesn't the government stock the bases with like Budweiser and well, stuff like that? No, the government doesn't. Well, the, the, the thing with the Green Door was uh, it used to be um, it was $20 a bottle of vodka, $30 a case of Heineken. Because vodka is right, right near Russia. And then I sent my interpreter out um, to get some, and he came back with all the money. He said, well, the problem is he raised the prices. He went to 40 and 50 instead of 20 and 30. And I was like, why is that? And he goes, well, he found out we were selling them to uh, Americans. So, he, <laughs> and so I, I said, okay, that's fine. Get your shit. We're, I'm going. So he and I went. We had our gear and our guns, and we walked in. I said, I understand inflation. I appreciate it, but this isn't exactly a booming economy here. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go 25 and 35, or I'm going to pull my gun out, take it all for free, and arrest your ass. <laughs> so we worked a deal. Art of the deal, baby. There you go. <laughs> so your time in Afghanistan was a little different than Lee's. So Lee's playing golf, and you were a little different than Lee's playing T- golf? A little bit. Yeah, at first. Yeah, we were. Uh, it worked out first because that was a golf course in, in Kabul. 
Yeah, did man. You play are, it? Did you play it? Yeah, yeah. Are you go- you a golfer? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I play. I'm All right, so they have this nine hole course, right? But it's not like you know normal, right? Like when you're. But putting. the key is if you step in the wrong spot, it's a ten hole. Course. Oh, you ain't, you ain't kidding, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy with like a uh, like an Uzi nine millimeter behind me as a bodyguard. Oh yeah, I recommend that too. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're putting, you're not putting on the greens. You're putting on like dirt. Yes. You know what I mean? So you're like literally the guy scoops out all. And instead like of a golf ball, you use a human head. Gotcha. Listen, so you write the book. Yeah. So at first I was like, all right, it's going to be one of those I, 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 me, me, mm-hmm. me books. Completely different. All you did was give props to all your brothers. That's the whole reason. The, the whole reason anything happened is because of my team. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a dude that saw stuff happen. I followed cool guys and watched them do cool you, stuff. It's the, the truth. That. Like, it's the truth. doing badass shit. Yeah. And I was just the last And occasionally guy. just because of stuff that we learned, I could turn a corner and do something badass. But it's not like coming through the skylight. It's like seriously just uh, uh, loving your people believing in your tactics don't take shortcuts watch each other's backs and you're going to do great stuff like uh, the whole thing like i didn't i uh, could shoot free throws growing up i played basketball mm-hmm. i couldn't swim i got tricked into joining the navy well tell that story because i was gonna say first of all you joined the military yeah. because of a chick because of a girl but you, you talk to that girl anymore or no yeah she was i actually ended up living about a mile away from her in dallas 20 years later really? on accident too all right so tell it because you you and your girl break up and yeah. ever, you joined the military. You want to get she, we together. didn't break up. She dumped me. Yeah, well, I don't want to embarrass you here. Yeah. <laughs> and the father kind of asked you to leave the house. Yeah, well, yeah, because she dumped me, and I had a couple of drinks in me, and I went to yell at her. And her father, and I was all, what, 18, so legally he could have kicked my ass. His job, uh, he, he's a, this big Italian house mover. He moves houses. I don't think he even used a truck. And uh, he was very nice. He said, hey, look, I understand. He, even though it was his daughter, he understands sometimes women are crazy and men are stupid. That's just because one, we talked about that last night. Uh, sure They're crazy because we're so dumb. Yep. I just, that, I ain't, guarantee ain't that the truth. Here, put my code in. You'll see some that. Anyway. So, um, yeah, but then I decided, I said, I'm, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And so I went to join the Marine Corps because I had two friends that I grew up with who always wanted to be Marines. And every time they came home, they would, you know, whether uniforms out to dinner with their mothers or something and they always looked like marines like confident fit stellar awesome usa marine corps i'm like i want to be that and so i went to join and the marine recruiter wasn't in the office and i wanted to leave now and the navy guy was and the (laughs) only reason i went into the navy guy's office is because my two marine asshole friends said the uh, marine corps is actually part of the department of the navy it's just the men's department (laughs) Which is awesome, isn't it? And then he, he sold you on the SEAL thing. You can't swim. No, I went in and said, I, he said, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, I want to, well, where's the Marine? You know where he was. And he said, why do you want the Marine? I said, I want to be a sniper. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, look no further. We have snipers in the Navy. Um, you got to become a SEAL first. No big deal. And then, like just that, he kind of glazed over that shit. <laughs> and, uh, and he talked. A little, a little academy, no big deal. Yeah. Be a SEAL. No, but then I joined and he put me in a, he, he did have a little bit of mercy because he gave me five months to, before I left. So I could learn learn to swim like a seal in five months, so no no big deal. So it turns out swimming's hard, but uh, but I got I got uh, through through that. I I read some of the books, I watched some of the movies, and I just uh, I figured okay, this isn't a, this is still a good call. I'm probably not going to make it, but I'll go to San Diego for four years. If I don't make it through, I don't make it through. A lot of guys don't. Four years in the Navy, get an adventure, go around the world, come back to Maloney's Bar in Butte, Montana, and tell stories. That was the plan. And then I, I learned how to swim because of luck again. I ran into a buddy at, a, at the pool that I went to high school with who, who uh, went to swim at Notre Dame. And he, he saw me. He's like, what are you doing up here? And I said, oh, I'm teaching myself how to swim. I'm going to be a SEAL. He said, yeah, not like that. You're not. Get your ass back in the pool. So he showed me the side stroke and the breast stroke and worked up with me for five months. And I got there and, uh, and just learned that it doesn't matter where you're from. Just keep working. And uh, you can make it. They're not gonna, no, no one's going to ask you to do anything impossible. And that was advice that I got, too. Is I had a, an instructor say, uh, um, 
it seems like a lot to get from now to eight months from now, but don't think about it that way. And you just explain, you know, just concentrate on, from right now, make it to breakfast. After breakfast, do whatever you need to do to lunch. Then make it to dinner. And he was just little victories. And he said, the best advice I can give you is that when you feel like quitting, which you will, don't quit right now. Quit tomorrow. And that gives you enough time to think, ah, fuck it, I'll just quit tomorrow. I'll just quit tomorrow. And then it's Monday and I graduate on Friday. It's been 28 weeks. I'm like, Oh, now I have to be a SEAL. What does that mean? <laughs> but then, and then, and then I did it for four years. I met the guys. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just uh, do four more years. It's mm-hmm. fun. And then, and then 9/11. Now everyone knows the Bin Laden story. Yeah. Obviously, you did 400 missions. I read your book. Like you did some cool ass shit. Marcus Luttrell. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Thanks. Spoiler alert. Yeah. That. The one that stuck out to me the most was if you could tell it. I actually tell the one sure. story. You were in the Afghanistan mountains. Oh no, in Pakistan. You didn't know if you said if you're gonna get arrested. We'll get a medal. Tell yeah, that, that story was they, insane. The guy that shot the 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 story was uh, during Lone Survivor. There was a guy that led the ambush. Uh, he shot down the helicopter that killed twenty Americans, and they never caught him. His name was Zabit Jalil. So about three years later, we f- I didn't, but Intel found him and they said, "Hey, he's on this side of the of the Pakistani border." And so I, I wanted to kill him. Like, the, uh, get your stuff. We're gonna go kill him. I just got to figure out how. And the best way to do it is to have them contact you. So put yourself in a spot. We, we call it the old bait and switch. <laughs> Make them shoot at us. And then keep them, keep them where you can see them, and you can bomb them. And now that sounds like a good plan on paper. <laughs> Except when the Jew. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> simply they show up with a couple hundred of them. You're like, well, this sucks. Because uh, there's only a few of us. So we tried to get out of there. We ended, up, we ended up getting ambushed by a bunch of guys. We didn't get air support until uh, it took us an hour of... There's no worse feeling than getting shot at and not ha- having your bullets not be able to reach them, but they can reach you. Just pinned down, no air support. Um, and they were just surrounding us. We were fighting uh, Al-Qaeda Taliban and um, Pakistanis. There were Chechens there. I, I, I ended up killing a guy that looked like me, a redhead with a big red beard, yelling Allahu Akbar. You know, um, But it was. <laughs> there's comedy in the weirdest places. Uh, when we finally got a jet on board... To, we're surrounded. The, um, there's a lot of stuff that goes in with calling close air support, a lot of technicalities. But the pilot was so smart, knowing we had adrenaline and we're fighting it out with whatever. He's just, he's, the first thing he said was, just talk to me like I'm a man. <laughs> and I said, I see why women find you attractive. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not going to help. Might make him blush a little bit, but that's, that's not going to get bombs. Anyway, so we ended up bombing, and they started running away. We ended up hitting them with a couple different uh, air, airframes. We bombed inside of Pakistan for four hours. To the, um, to the, we won the fight, but it took forever. But now we just wrecked this entire hillside, and these helos came to get us. And we, I was all fired up. We took off, and I'm happy because I thought, I, you know, I'm going to live. I thought I was going to die, and um, we're flying back in, and the gravity sunk in. It's like, oh man, we just bombed Pakistan. I'm in charge. <laughs> I'm probably going to hear about this one, and I was right. Because the general was waiting for me when we got down there and basically said, hey, look, I mean, we know there's rules of engagement that potentially you can get away with this, but we will check this out. We have the footage. And so the good news is you're either going to get a silver star or you're going to Leavenworth for the rest of your life. So that was an easy three weeks of sleep. And the story, how did that feel? Did you go? Yeah, so how'd that go? Yeah. Well, what's funny, too, is uh, we got an intel report afterwards, and I said, did you guys find Zabit Jalil? Did we get him? And they said, well, he ended up in a Pakistani hospital. He's got a hole in his chest. And I'm not making this up, but he said he's, he's missing a butt cheek. And I was like, good, so you're telling me I did drop a bomb on his ass. All right. There you go. He did die, too. So The other cool shit you did was, because uh, you only did three cool things, I guess. The, cap- the Captain Phillips yeah. story is great. 
you're flying and they just drop you off in the middle of the ocean in yeah. the dark. Like No, it wasn't in the dark. It was daytime. Okay. Hollywood screws that up. You see? We learned through training that you don't want to do a night jump in the ocean mm-hmm. because if you lose a jumper, and by lose a jumper, I mean a, a slight malfunction, a cutaway to a reserve, lands a couple thousand meters away, uh, you're never going to find him in the dark. So jump. So the, the earth is round, so go 500 miles away. When the sun's out, jump in the daytime, then drive into the night. So aside from the day-night thing, the obvious question is how realistic was the, uh, the rescue in the movie? That all depends on who's asking. Um, right here, I will tell you it's 70% accurate. If it's at happy hour, uh, 100% accurate, and I took all three shots. <laughs> uh, it, no, it was, they did a good job with the movie. They, um, they made the seals look good. I liked the part when the seals took the shots, and all you saw them do was put up their bipods and walk away. What actually happened is my buddy that was uh, the head sniper that took the shots initially, because um, uh, we hadn't killed Bin Laden, so it was the biggest thing Navy SEALs had ever done. And we're standing there when he's done. He's just all cool, big Copenhagen in. And I went, um, you realize you just took the weight of the history of the SEAL teams, and you put them on your back, and you crushed it. This is the biggest thing we've ever done. And his response was, cool, can we go home? <laughs> I guess so. So it was a good movie. Uh, it was it was a neat neat movie because we we weren't there. We were in Virginia Beach, and I, it was my birthday. Um, it was Good Friday, and I was at my daughter's Easter tea party at her preschool, and we were just serving them Easter food. And we got a message that said, "Hey, go get this guy. He's over there now." And in between the time that I kissed my daughter goodbye, and we had a full head count in the Indian Ocean it was less than sixteen hours. You got to consider that's a. That's a 13-hour flight. So, so we just head over to Norfolk, and then they just ship. Well, you out. we just we we'd been training on it for years, like um, you know. But I mean, this, you got to figure that this is a this is a couple different commands getting ready for this. So you've got you got everyone from the guy who put the parachute together, who packed the parachute, who rigged the boats up, who drives the boats there, who puts the boats on the plane, who packed the parachutes in the tandem rings, who are the tandem masters, who briefed them up, are the parachutes packed, have they been inspected. How, how are, uh, what are you going to do if we're stuck in a spot for three days? Is your forward staging base bag packed? You know, everything you can imagine. So SEAL Team 6, I'm not allowed to say that. They, the team where I was, we were designed uh, to rescue American hostages at sea. But it had never been done, believe it or not. So we had 25 years to think of everything. Never once did anyone think of two things. One, imagine it's a lifeboat being pulled across the ocean by a navy destroyer never thought of that and the other obvious one that no one thought of is how are we getting home those seems pretty obvious don't they we didn't think of either we had to plan that shit on the flight over we're like how do we uh what do we just ram it do we do this and we came down to a room what are we how many people got here about 70 people all right obviously the listeners can't um see you which is good for you You got a great face for radio (laughs) doesn't he Now I have to edit that part no, out. Right, I, yeah. I said I was good looking. I set that up myself. That's yeah, like yeah. a one-man alley-oop. But that's a cool-ass shirt he's got, <laughs> of Andre the <laughs> Giant, though, isn't it? I mean, come on. I dressed up for you. <laughs> um, that's funny. Um, so we came around to go into everyone in the room saying, um, everyone come up with a plan. Everyone, here's the situation. Everyone come up with something. And you've got, you know, we got a 13-hour flight. So then on the flight over, we're just cutting out the ones that didn't make sense. We got down to five. Then we get there. We jumped in, put the snipers down. Everyone's waiting. We got, we're down to five. Then we're just... And, I had a good plan. Some other guys had a good plan. I was getting coffee. I got a text that said, we got him. Oh, so you really weren't. And I was. I didn't know. And I, I responded like an idiot with, <laughs> got who? <laughs> we got him. He's safe. The terrorists are dead. It's like, 
Oh, you just shot. That's that was a good. Why didn't we write that one down? <laughs> just shoot. So yeah, that's like it was just um, boom. Um, in the book, you didn't mention the coffee part. You didn't. No, I I wanted to sound cool in the <laughs> book. <laughs> that, uh, you, you wrote the book during happy hour. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Crushing whiskey. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it was a thing where the snipers they we weren't there to kill them. The snipers were there to to, to make sure nothing unsafe happened. Mm-hmm. Protect them. We're we're going to negotiate out of this. They're going to give up. Just watch them. And they start doing mock executions. They got three shots. They took them. They, I don't, they don't even have authority. I mean, that, that's balls. Yeah, because you said it was in the ocean. Like, there's no real set. Like, there's no laws. There's no go- like, well, international, there. yeah, there's, all, there's, there's so many variables going on. International waters. Well, you stuff. got a PBA card now. You're good. Well, I'm fine, yeah. <laughs> with with your got, name on it. <laughs> my, I got PBA. Rob O'Neill. We'll oh, be, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> we'll be handing these out like Lil Wayne in the strip book. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. No, never. Are you, crazy? <laughs> you don't even go to those places when, when, you, when your fiance list is now. Just, that thing yeah. might be on. Let's be yeah, careful. You're in trouble now. Yeah, I'm in mom. I'm spending my life in trouble. Now you're home now, and you get yep. the call to go on the secret mission. Yep. What are you doing now? Because you get a, now you guys don't know what you're doing. You, you're home now, kind of. All we didn't know. Um, it was a couple days. Uh, we found out. Mm-hmm. They, we we got called back. They put about 28 of us in a room. They wanted 23, 24, depending on weight. Uh, to go in, and they just they started BSing us about who sucks. Those four guys, you know, those four guys. That didn't well, there were guys that p- pulled themselves off because they didn't know what the mission was. Oh. There, there was a guy, one of our best operators, who was running a training trip in LA uh, in January. So he was asking what the thing is. He was picked for the team, didn't know what it was, and he said, "Well, no, nah, it sounds like a nothing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take myself off so I can plan this trip so we have good training in January." Pulled himself off the Bin Laden mission. We had a guy who liked to take soldier shoulder surgery because. Well, this is going to be nothing. We've seen it before. We get spun up, and then, then they kicked everyone out, and they kind of told us what it was. But we figured it. Can, can I? It's kind of vulgar. But let me tell you how we. Yeah, of course, obviously, please do. Well, we, this is a good story. This <laughs> no, is, I, I, I'm not able to say this on a lot of radio stations, especially on TV. But that's why you come on the they, Mike Sappho they, podcast because <laughs> you can say fucking shit. <laughs> that's the same reason I go to dinner at my grandma's house. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Yeah, they were. They told us, "All right, go home. Go home. Have a night with your family, and then this is a Friday. Come back on Sunday, and we're going to um, we'll read you. We're going to a site. And we're going to read you in on exactly what's happening." We're like, "Fine." We thought it was Qaddafi. Mm-hmm. We thought because it's Air, uh, April 2011, the Arab Spring, Qaddafi, Libya. They, they want us to go get him and bring him out. No problem. So we said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna brief you. It was oh, who's gonna be there when we get to the brief? And they're like, oh, probably like the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of the Navy. And we're like, oh man, this is big time. And they kept going down the list, and they said uh, they said an, uh, uh, a part of the agency for PAC Afghan, but no one caught it. They said CTC pad, blah 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 blah, and nobody caught it. I caught it. I'm like, so I went home with that, and I had a couple scotches. <laughs> And I'm thinking about that's, then your, I, that's your go-to move. Yeah, well, oh, it is right. It's, yeah. it's like yeah. So I woke up on a Monday. It's not it's much to do in Butte, so Montana, man. <laughs> so uh, no, but we came back in and we're driving down to this secret site, and we split up like four dudes per van. So we had a convoy of vans, and I'm, my boss is sitting next to me. I got two buddies up front, and one's driving. One of my good friends, and and I, I explained him that to them. I was like, I said, you know what? This this is this isn't Gaddafi. This is Bin Laden. And my boss looked at me and he goes, That's exactly what I was thinking. And so very calmly, we were um, just, we weren't ex- all excited. We are just trying to discuss it through it. The guy driving the van looked at me just like this, goes, Oh, Neil, man, if we kill Osama bin Laden, I will suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so wait, did he? That's a good follow-up because this is a no-shitter. 
This is a no shitter. Three weeks to the day, we're standing over Bin Laden's body, and and it's kind of intense. And I go, "Hey, homie, now's a good time as any." <laughs> and he literally looks at me, and goes, "For no oh, fuck you, man." I'm like, this "Wasn't my bet." That's a bet, man. <laughs> we got we got 14 more minutes till the bird gets her, and you know it only takes me 10. Enough, enough. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get here? I don't know. I'm happy we did. Did I sit in the car over? I should have been a uh, police oh. officer. Now I should have been a SEAL. <laughs> it's way cooler. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. Oh. Last meal, United States, before you go over there. Mm-hmm. What's your last meal? I uh, had to have a meal with my kids because I couldn't tell them I was going away forever. So we went to, to a Chick fil A. Did you know when you got, okay, it's Bin Laden, did you think, bullshit, I call shenanigans, or like, maybe this is the real thing? No, we knew it was him when, uh, when we got to know the, the there, was a, there was a group of women who found him. Like in Zero Dark Yeah, Day, but every- unlike Zero Dark, they, they kind of made that one character, a couple of them. There was definitely the, well, she is the headhunter. Well, she, is hot as she was very attractive. She's a smoking <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, but there was one in particular that was very convincing. She was the 100%, yeah. And so it, it, even to the point where we changed some of our stuff up that we needed more on the, on the rooftop. Because he's going to be in that building on that floor, hundred percent. So that was pretty accurate. How that she went. She was down. accurate for every single person that was there. Yeah. Okay. Now awesome. You're, you're she fl- was awesome. You're flying from Afghanistan to mm-hmm. Pakistan. You see the compound. What goes through your head? First thing goes through your head. Uh, when we opened the door two minutes out, what I had been saying for the previous eight minutes probably was freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward, and freedom will be defended. Right. Trying to just like absorb the moment uh, we open the door and then there's the city of Abbottabad, which is kind of a resort city and there's it's not afghanistan it's uh Peck. it's lights it's did, the, the, did you what, golf there no there was no, a golf no. course over our, our flight path under underneath sorry under how many of the, um, you were there how 20, many seals? 23 23 and um when we opened it my first thought as i looked out the window because you know i've done it a bunch and it's dark, dark cities or baghdad or stuff where there's gunfights i remember thinking not not making this up i remember thinking this is some serious navy seal shit we're about to do and that was it and then uh then we, it was going to be simple drop them off go on the rooftop jump down from the roof and shoot them through the, through the glass now you said some shit you were like uh I truly didn't, I knew I was never going to see my kids again. Yeah. Either I was going to get killed or I was going to go to jail in Pakistan. Yeah. Other SEALs feel the same way? A lot of them did. And yeah. you're going there to psych you out. You, you, We're you going there for 9-11. We're going there for New York. You, you counted 1 to 1,000, 1,000 to 1. What are the other guys doing as you're rolling up on the some guys, Some guys were sleeping. So badass. Some, most guys put in uh, iPods. That's pretty funny. There's some serious badass dudes, man. They are? No. I mean, well, we've done I mean, even, even before we left, we talked to the, uh, the female analysts. We're like, why are you nervous? She goes, what? Why aren't you nervous? <laughs> we said, because we do this every night. We get in a helicopter, we fly somewhere, we fuck with some people, we fly back. You need to be right, though, so <laughs> you should be nervous. So <laughs> you get to the compound, yeah. and I love what you said in the book. It was cool. When they, you guys breached the first door, it was a fake door. Yeah, because it was on the outside. We were the, It was surrounded by a huge wall, and we knew based on where we were dropped off, because that wasn't part of the plan, but we were able to adapt that um, we're just going to start the war from here. We'd, we'd come up with everything. He, he landed us here for a reason. We're not going to ask him why. So we got out. There's, we knew they're the closest doors on the northeast corner, which is as we're facing the compound to our left. So we walked over. The, br- the breacher went up there with a seven-foot charge of C6, which opens most things. And um, he put it down the middle, cranked it open, and it opened um, to a brick wall. This was a door on a wall, wow. fake. And what's messed up, too, is we were like we would joke because we trained so long on this. We're like, watch, watch me get there, and it's like a little uh, – like a Bugs Bunny house when you the hallway gets smaller and smaller and all of a sudden the door is the size of a wallet. <laughs> Bin Laden. <laughs> but no, this happened. Shucks, he got me again. Yeah, shucks. 
the banana peel and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was there. And, and, and the breacher even said, this is bad, failed breach. It's like, no, this is good. That's fake. Someone's in there. So we didn't know the helicopter crashed yet. We didn't know what was going on. We just knew we had to get in that house. And we could see it. So we went to the next door, which is down to our uh, right. And um, so the, that would have been on the west. And it's the main carport. So we announced to them because we didn't know if they were flying. What we thought they said was dash one going around. Dash one going around. What they were saying was dash one going down. So we said, hey, we're going to blast the carport. And we heard them say, no, don't, don't blast it. Just open it. We'll, we'll just open it. So the door opens. A thumbs up comes out. And, again, it's a situation where now I would love to stand here and ask them, how the hell did you guys get in here? But it doesn't matter. They're in there. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it in the debrief. Right. <laughs> so we went in. We you know, look up at Bin Laden's house, think this is so cool. And there's gunfire going on. They already killed three of, the, three of the bad guys. Then it was quiet again. The guys are rolling in. I still didn't know the helicopter crashed. Mm-hmm. But all my guys are inside. And so that, that's why I was, I was sort of in the back because most of the guys on my team had done the perimeter stuff. And some went to the left. And I, I decided I'm going to go in the house. So I went in the house. And we're in a hallway, looking down a long hallway. And... Uh, it was so neat to watch my guys working. There were minor problems, minor breaching problems. Uh, you know, you start off with a kick, you work mechanical, maybe put a charge on it and just opening stuff up. And I remember thinking, this is so cool. Like, we're going to die in this house. This house is going to blow up. But my guys are so cool. You said that in the book over and over. Like, yeah. My guy's a badass cool it's, dude. It's like, it's, well, you want to savor it. You know, the house is going to come down, but slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Let's do this. And as I'm looking at this, this guy, he's whispered something. One of my guys, he goes, helicopter crashed. And I was thinking some of the, we had some helicopters behind us, like with a quick reaction force. Mm-hmm. In case we all died, they're going to come in too. Like, we're going to hit this guy. This guy's going down tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I'm thinking they got shot down. So I go, oh, man. I go, which, which helicopter? And he goes, bro, our helicopter. <laughs> he goes, it's in the front yard. You walked right past it. <laughs> I'm like, that's fair. As we're having this conversation. Thank God you didn't have tunnel vision. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just exactly. helicopter that was next so year. neat. So as we're having this conversation, one of our snipers, who was doing the, the whole roundabout. He's going to do a perimeter sweep with the dog, just running around, make sure there's no escape hatches. As we're having this conversation, he came upon the part, I'm trying to describe where the, the, the tail of the helicopter is over the fence. You, kind of, you might have seen that. That's the one yeah, that yeah. fell over. Um, he's getting to that right there as we're having this conversation. He came over the radio and said, all right, everybody, you got to be on your highest alert. They're ready for us. They have a training mock-up of our super-secret helicopter in the front yard. And someone goes, well, no, jackass, that's ours. We crashed. <laughs> and there's a, yeah. And there's an awkward silence. You hear the sniper go, yeah, that makes a lot of more sense than the shit I was just saying. So what are we talking about? Let's go get him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then we, uh, we, we finished that. And then the, the female analyst that found Bin Laden said that on the. Um, well, yeah, that's the part I want to get to about yeah. his son. Because this was the point man. He did two heroic things. Yeah. Tell the part about his fucking name when he was saying his yeah, name. Yeah, well, we were going up the stairs. The, the female analyst told us that we would run into Khalid bin Laden somewhere. She, she said, you will run into Khalid. He will be armed. Last line of defense. You get him. You got the big guy. He's next. And So we're going up the stairs, and the stairs kind of went up and hooked back. And there's a banister. And I was seven or eight guys back. I don't remember. And we're looking up. And the point man saw Khalid. And he dumped, dunked behind the banister. And so now there's ten inches separating two grown men that want to murder each other. And normally, going up the stairs on an assault like this, I, if I'm in the back, I want to grab a couple dudes, pull them out in case a grenade comes over. It doesn't get all of us. But this is historic. i got to see what goes down. <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> so I'm thinking, what's he going to pin it, get a quick shot? How's he going to do a high-low? What's going on? And all of a sudden, he goes, something like Khalid, Urfai Dad, Khalid, Delta Russia. Something like, come here, come here, in two different languages that Khalid knew, and he used his name twice. And so Khalid goes, what? <laughs> Done. 
And then I remember the, the weirdest things go through your mind. I was thinking, God, I hope we lift it tonight because America needs to hear this. I that's the, the most tactically sound, bravest move. I thought that was the bravest thing I'd ever seen until what he did yeah. in about 10 seconds. Golf, no, so we, we, go, we go around the stairs. We all step over Khalid. Uh, uh, we get to the second floor. They got guys split off. Everyone clears the left and right, the unknown spaces, the stuff you do, you know, always clear a level before you go up. And now it's the point man. I, I turn into the two man. So it's two of us left. The point man's aiming up the stairs. I'm right behind him. I have a hand on his shoulder. He's looking at a, at a, um, at a, at a curtain. And there's people. It's, it's the curtain's blocking a hallway. And the, the people behind it are moving. We can tell they're moving. So we're assuming now they're putting on vests. They're going to be waves of suicide bombers because this has been Laden. And so the point man starts saying something like, hey, we got to go. We got to go. We got to get up. And he's convincing. And uh, I know it, but I've only got myself and him. I want two more guys because we don't know, but this is urgent. So and I remember thinking that, okay, now bin Laden's going to be up there. He's going to blow himself up. I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm going to get it over. It wasn't bravery. It was like, let's get it over with. Mm-hmm. So I squeezed him. We went up the stairs. He, pull, he pulled the curtain aside and jumped on two or three people that he thought were suicide bombers. So the same guy that pulled that move just ju- just jumped on the grenade. Jesus. The, yeah. And all he wanted to do was give the shot to the guy behind him. Didn't know it was me. Knew it was one of his guys. So he jumped on him. I thought that is, the again, the bravest man in the world. I, it, it was the quickest. I turned to the right three feet in front of me as a Samban Lund. And he's standing there with his hands on his wife, on his shoulder. And the, the process was um, he's taller than I thought. He's skinnier than I thought. His, his, his beard is smaller. It's gray. That's his nose. That's him. He's not surrendering. He's a threat. Let's treat him like a suicide bomber. So I shot him in the face three times. Awesome. Wow, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's stories. You know, I thought I had some cool stories, but uh, that's the story of all time, man. So, was he actually using the wife as a shield, like intentionally? It, it appeared so. Yeah. Uh, he definitely had his hands on her when, and was standing up and pushing her. Did you shoot her him. as well? Or? No. She, she got shot, but I didn't shoot her. Um, How many people were in the room with him? Right. Uh, I want to say he was there, his wife, and then his kid. I remember his kid because I shot him. He went down by the foot of the bed. I moved the wife to the bed, and I looked over to my left and saw the three-year-old kid. And I remember as a father thinking, this poor dude has nothing to do with what just happened. Right. Poor kid. Um, yeah, and then was, then everything started to slow down for me, and some guys came in, and one of my buddies, actually a friend from the first floor that killed two of the terrorists, he came up to me and he looked. He goes, "Are you good?" And I said, "Yeah." Uh, what do we do now? And he he laughed and he goes, "Well, now we go find the computers. Um, you've right. done this hundreds of times." <laughs> Jobs like, open. Let's go to the next one. And I go, I go, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Holy shit!" And he goes, "Yeah, you just killed Bin Laden, bro. Your life just changed." But like, before you shot him, you knew it was Bin Laden. Yeah, that's so fucking cool. It was fast. It was. Wow. I didn't have time to say anything. Yeah, wow. badass. <laughs> it's just, it must have just been the most amazing rush. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was something. True or false? Is it true that you had to literally put his head back together for the yes. picture? That's yeah. true. Because like, you shot him for Yeah, we had head. to, for facial identification, we had to push his head back together. It was, it was I mean, it was violent. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. I, I read, I don't, know you, it was that, I don't know if it was that in the book. That picture did not make no, the no, cut. No, not the picture. Not, not, not the picture. Of, did you mention you had to put his head together? I think so. I don't know where I read that, but you yeah. had to hold his head together uh-huh. for the picture of it. Yeah, you try to hold it together and pour water on it. What, what kind of weapon did you shoot him with? HK 416. Did Turns you, out 77 grain hollow point at three feet is devastating. You think? What do you use? I got one of those. Uh, super soakers. <laughs> <laughs> I love the part. Uh, you do your mission. You're getting the hell out of there. And tell what the pilot says. I thought the pilot's line about it. For the oh, time. oh, man. I yeah. love this line. So, again, I was saying the whole time that it was a one-way mission. And now we, we go out to we, – we did put his body in a body bag. We carried him out. 
when we dropped him off, the guy, this is kind of cool, the guy that we put for security on him. So a guy was already on security. We had to put his body next to him so the other, we could leave, was um, the sniper for the Captain Phillips raid. So we gave it to him and go, hey, here's your, here's your guy. And he's like, you're shitting me. I'm like, no. And he goes, well, let's leave. So we go to leave. We get in the helicopter, long story short, and uh, we start flying back. Uh, now, the other team that had uh, come in on this helicopter is one of the helicopters I mentioned earlier. They came in to pick us up. So we're getting rescued by SEAL, uh, the same SEAL team, different squadron. So we get in there, and I sit next to a guy. So I'm on top of the sniper who initiated the fire to rescue Richard Phillips. I'm sitting next to a guy named Rob from Manhattan, and he's a friend of mine. He asked me the first question every SEAL asked every SEAL when he found out. He goes, who got him? And I said, I did. He said, on behalf of my family, thank you, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're taking off, and we're flying towards Afghanistan 90 minutes back. (laughs) And... uh, it was kind of neat because the sniper that uh, initiated the fire on Captain, the Captain Phillips rescue, he was a hero to me, right? He pulled a can of Copenhagen out of his pocket, put it in front of my night vision. He goes, hey, take one of mine. Now you know what it's like to be a fucking hero. Right? <laughs> so Now there's a lot of stuff going on, and we're flying, and it's been 10 minutes. We're flying 10 minutes. It's been 20 minutes. Everyone's looking at our watches, but no one's saying anything because you don't want to jinx it. It's you know, Yankee Stadium, top of the sixth, no hitter. Well, it's won a perfect game. You're not going to mention it. <laughs> don't say it. 30 minutes, 40, 50. And then the best analogy is, is we got up to 60 minutes, then it's like when the, uh, the USA hockey team beat Russia in Lake Placid in 1980. You know, it's 10 seconds left, and you can hear the nervous 10, 9, like the Russians can still win 8, seven, and all of a sudden it's miracles. Do you 80, believe in miracles, Al Michaels? Yeah. 85 minutes into a 90-minute flight, we finally hear the pilot come over and go, all right, gentlemen, for the first time in your lives, you're going to be happy to hear this. Welcome to Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> and then the high fives, like, holy shit, we just did it. Okay, so you told the Bin Laden story. Yes. Uh, I told a bunch of people you were coming. Yes. And Marie and I were like, hey, don't tell everybody. But you saw word started getting out. So this is Sergeant Jose Rodriguez. And I told him you were coming on. Hi, Sergeant. Pleasure. And nice I said, Rob, I told him, like, oh, he's coming on. And I've known him for a while now. He has one of the coolest stories. It's the one story I want you to hear. Yeah, I'd love to. He wanted to tell you about the whole completion of his cycle. Yeah, um, talking to Mike, uh, he was telling me that you were coming here. And um, I got injured during 9-11, during the attacks. Uh, myself and uh, Lieutenant Billy Cosgrove, we gave Father Michael Judge, the fire department chaplain, last rights. And uh, to be there, I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, thank you. And to say that, you know, being there from the beginning and hearing that you were going to be here, you know, you get choked up. Oh, yeah. And thinking yeah. that it's full, it's cyclical and the full cycles come in that, I'm actually with you right now is beyond belief. The idea that to be there from the day one attack and to see everything this city went through and, you know, uh, to be injured in the whole thing and everything that dealt in the war afterwards. And then. That's surreal. Like I'm having an out of body experience. Seriously. Like that is un- unbelievable. I think you represent closure to a lot of us who I were appreciate you saying that. at 9-11. That, that means I mean, a lot. For me personally, I, I think that's how you probably feel as well. I have a photo that they told me to bring out. Oh, wow. That was me during the attack. And if you could just sign my book yeah. in the picture, that'd be great. I know, I, as you signed it for Sergeant Rodriguez, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to lighten the mood up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. First meal back Jose, home. Correct? Yeah, Jose. First meal you have back home. 
They had, I had, um, I'm not going to say the brand because they haven't sponsored. <laughs> uh, no, the, the guys that came to get us were a bunch of guys from the command. They picked us up with uh, a bunch of pizza and uh, Johnny Walker Blue, <laughs> which, which turns out go delightfully together. It doesn't even matter what's on the pizza. <laughs> they better give you blue and none of that red shit. <laughs> Jesus. Throughout your whole process, the coolest person you ever met. The coolest person I've ever met? Uh, you know what's... Um, I've met, I've met quite a few cool people, but uh, the coolest guy is uh, Tony La Russa. That's a good answer. Dude, Tony's awesome, yeah, man. Yeah. No, he's, As a baseball guy. Well, yeah. he's, he's, he's hilarious. The way I met him, we, we were exchanging some, some emails um, over a, a speech or something I was going to give. And, and I had one of my, I was, had a, one of my buddies working security for me who's a former SEAL guy. Uh, I, 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 SEAL Team something guy. Uh, and he's like six foot five and 260, 280, maybe 300. Who knows? And we call him Tiny. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> so Larusa snuck in to wherever Tiny's guarding. He's standing there behind us, and he's holding this big margarita. So I turn around. I kind of look at Tiny, like this guy got, and I go, "Hey, hey, T- uh, Tony, this is uh, my security guy, Brian." And he goes, "Everybody calls me Tiny." And Larusa goes, "Everybody's full of shit." <laughs> but no, I've had a chance to know him pretty well. He's helped me with his foundation. I help with with his. He helps mine. I help with his, and. Uh, just as far as cool, because Tony Larusa, obviously, just baseball, yeah. but because b- baseball players are probably the coolest athletes mm-hmm. that there are. He knows everybody on the planet, and he's got dirt on everybody. It's just so funny. Here's a prime example. Uh, you could drop some dirt right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, they, we were. He's he's with the Diamondbacks now, and I threw out the first pitch, and then we afterwards we went out for drinks, and we're at we're sitting at a table, and up at the bar is the is a is, there's a dude there, and Larusa goes, "Hey, go up to that guy, and uh, can you find out for me if he's a." Uh, an ump. I was like, yeah, no, and I, he knows. So I go up to him, I'm like, hey, I'm Rob O'Neill. He's like, hey, you're the guy, whatever. I'm like, yeah, cool. Are you an umpire? And he looks at me, goes, no, I'm the general manager of this of the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> so I look over at Tony. He's just flipping me off. <laughs> I, apparently, calling a GM an ump isn't. <laughs> the chain of command doesn't work. work no, well. yeah. I access to everybody on my show. You can keep it. Yeah, sorry, I'm not good. I can't. Rob, can I you talk and write at the no. same time? Okay. I don't want to screw it up. I hate. I hate. Oh, well, hang on. We'll do it at the end then. We yeah. have a few more no. questions. I asked everybody on my show this. Coolest person in your phone, listen, that if you texted right now, they would text you right back in a second. Charlie Sheen. And wait, now tell the story how you got in trouble last night. It's what? not getting me in trouble this time. Wasn't, wasn't Charlie Sheen in the original Navy SEALs movie? How like, awesome is yeah. that? Yeah. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, hang on. Listen to this great story. Yeah, text him and tell him to come to my show later. Um, <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Wait, we just blown up these guests. So, Rob, tell everybody the story how you got in trouble last night because of Charlie Sheen. It wasn't big. Well, yeah. Let me yeah, tell you. Yeah, Charlie Sheen got you in trouble. Hang on. Dude, get him on speakerphone. Yeah. No, hang on. That's not <laughs> we, we just, we'll edit this out. Like, hey, Charlie Sheen on the show. <laughs> Dude, can you, can you put on the Wild Thing jersey? Number 99. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what are you writing the guy a book? Hang on, I gotta tell say, him why. Say hey, boo. Just you tell him that's it. Okay, sorry. All right, so tell last night how you get in trouble with the girl. Okay, Sheen changes his number a lot. Yeah, I know. For obvious Whenever reasons. Whenever I text him, he always never. And so he texts me in case Heidi Flash goes for him. Yeah, you'd be surprised. So I got I got hit by a text from him at three in the morning my time on in March. With a few emojis, like a pound and a no, it's Joe. Fuck you, Joe. And uh, like Joe. a pound, a thumbs up, and like a heart, which is obviously yeah, a drunk no, miss thing. Like, thanks, he went for the pow. It and said, the, thanks for the digits. Thanks for the digits. P- pound, thumbs up, and a heart. The heart. And so, <laughs> so my girl gets all lubed up the other night, goes through my phone, <laughs> which is fine. 
But there was a text I didn't answer from 3 in the morning from March. She's still pissed about it. <laughs> we were out yesterday. She was talking shit last night. She was like, we don't even know what it is. We're hoping it's Charlie. <laughs> and he wrote back, who is this? Last night you wrote back. Yeah. <laughs> they won't even answer because it's an old number. It's a- Wait, so you're telling me that women hold grudges? <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> So we'll see. Joe Texas. Should we see what Joe said? No, I don't give a crap. Whoever, who's Joe? Oh, Joe's my cousin. Well, that's not cool at all. <laughs> so you, you get asked this question a lot. A couple more times. Uh, why no souvenir? Why didn't you grab one thing, a piece of paper? Well, this, everything that we grabbed was potential intelligence. Could potentially lead to uh, follow on target. So we didn't have a lot of, a lot of uh, room, extra space and weight. And so we grabbed the stuff that we – I mean, had I thought about it, at the time, I would have grabbed some of the brass mm-hmm. or something, something neat like that. But they're just, and everything that we brought back, we we turned over. So, I mean, it was it was it was at the time it was a let's just let's do this and and and, and live, get out. Now, the, after the, you killed him, you still went on more missions. When did you know it was time to end the seals? I was I finished right then because we got back and I decided that uh, I was starting to get complacent. Uh, I, I stopped getting adrenaline. And you're going to make a bad decision in a gunfight. I mean, it couldn't get any. You couldn't no, do anything yeah, else. That's it. Yeah. And, then, and I was going to get out in January. So that was uh, uh, May. I was going to get out in January. And then uh, we had a helicopter go down in August. And we lost 31 guys. And you can't replace that. So we spread out leadership. And I went to a different squadron and went over to, to war one more time. And uh, then I knew then I was going to get out. So I extended for six more months to August and told the Navy I was going to get out. And it was good, too, because... Uh, I, I ended it the way I wanted to. I, I, I went in, I went to that team through the front door, and I left through the front door. And there was none of that hiding anything crap. And the way I figured it is I didn't know the Navy anything. They don't owe me anything. And, it's, you know, that's it. Wash my hands of it. How did you decide to do the special on, on Fox? How did that That was come because about? of the memorial up here. I, uh, I wanted to. Which uh, is unbelievable, by the way. Oh, yeah. Every, everybody should yeah. see that. It's, it's amazing. I, uh, I donated my shirt that I wore in there um, anonymously. For just for people to see, because like they they put a piece of the house in there, they put one of the coins from the female analyst, and um, uh, I wanted to put that there. And so I went, and then they they part of the deal was I get a private tour. So before anyone was there, I just get to walk around, get a tour from the, one of the curators, and just see it. And um, at the end of it, they had a uh, a, um, a room full of family family that lost uh, people on nine yeah. eleven. And they just put me in front of them. And they're like, here, start talking. And I didn't know what to say. And that was the first time I ever told the story about bin Laden in public because I was never going to tell it. I did have a camera crew there because we were documenting it for the museum. And um, then there's the reactions. Someone lost their wife, lost their husband, lost their son. And we had a, a guy in there. Um, his, uh, he was a firefighter. His son was a cop. And then the grandson was whatever, um, a kid. And uh, he came up to me and he said, "This, this. I think he was a fire chief, just this big guy. He said, uh, my grandson's been asking me forever, why did God do this? And I said, God didn't do this, the devil did this, and you killed the devil. And, and to see this reaction, and just to simply say, you know, this is a real name, a real face, there will never be closure, but this helps with the healing. I have, I have first responders tell me I can sleep at night because I know this happened. And I, I said right there, if I can help, um, I've assumed risk before, I'll do it again. Like I said, man, when Mike asked me to come on with you, you represent closure to people who lost people in 9-11 or people, New Yorkers, people, every American, honestly. It's, it's, it's really, really cool to be here with you. I mean, you're a really cool guy, but Thank I mean, you. you also represent something to a lot of people, and that's awesome. Well, that's the whole point, too. That's what I yeah. wanted it to be, for uh, sure. Two, two last things. Can you say where the body's dumped or where uh, it's dumped? It's in the Persian Gulf. Um, 
uh, they have the coordinates. They know where it is. Did uh, they really take all those precautions, like uh, according to Muslim law and stuff like that? Like I, said? I can't confirm. I would, I would say that's the story, but I would, I would bet no. Did Did Obama contact you guys? Afterwards? He did. Uh, we saw him. Um, we saw him a few days later in in uh, Kentucky. He had a at a at the base where the pilots were from, and he was he was really cool, man. That was that must have been awesome. Uh, that was that was like two or three weeks where there were no politics. Right. It was just America. Did he ex who did it? Did he come in like our oh, guy? Yeah, he did. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys? Say it was it? embarrassing for me. Um, he, I didn't say it. Someone else was sort of saying it. It was awkward because the team did it. I mean, the, the guy. I mean, they See, did I would have been such a dumb, like. Well, some guys worked a little harder than others, and I would have given myself a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these, yeah, these guys all saw me do it. No, this, <laughs> no, they. Uh, the team did such a great job, and I, I honestly didn't have much to do with the whole thing until the very end. So, uh, but he was he was good. We a neat part about that too is. Uh, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. You meet a president. They're they're That's they're awesome. smart. They're dynamic. Agree. Charismatic, and um, we surprised him. Uh, he brought us um, an award. He gave it to us, and then we had an award for him. We 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 had a, we all carried flags. One of the guys carried a, a big Ameri- a real size American flag. Uh, we had it framed. Everyone on the mission, including the pilots and the air crew, signed it, and he didn't know he was getting it. So he gave us our awards, and he's standing there. And he's the president. You know, presidents are cocky. He's the coolest guy in the room, while whatever. And then all of a sudden, he said, hey, we have something for you. And we showed it to him. Nothing. That's awesome. He's staring at it. And the first thing he said was, he goes, uh, so, Mr. Vice President, you suppose I can find a cool spot to hang that? And <laughs> President or Vice President Biden... <laughs> oh, <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's awesome, by the way. He, uh, I totally approve. Uh, he said... Uh, he said, uh, yeah, Mr. President, I bet we can find a really nice spot in your presidential library to put that. And he goes, nah, fuck that. That's going to my bedroom. Oh, that's wow. bad. How cool is that? Wow. <laughs> Similar. I could have stretched the truth a little there. I'm having all these Joe Biden memes going through my head right now. I'm, I'm, Biden is awesome for the record. He was, I guess he is. So, so I'm so mad. Awesome. I made like, notes a couple days ago, and then I watch your – I'm a huge Opie radio fan. Yeah. And Opie asked a question. Opie's I, good. Opie's the greatest. I told Maria, I'm so mad. He told – I'm going to end with this. Are you ever like at a light or something? Someone's deep in the horn at you, cursing like, motherfucker! I killed Bin Laden. Shut the fuck up! Does that <laughs> your head? And I'm pissed because op- I'm like, I make my little line. I'm like, I wonder if he's like at a grocery store. Can you hurry up? It's like, bitch! I just fucking killed. And I'm so mad. Opie asked you the same fucking question. Yeah, I'm so pissed. No, it's it's one of those things where um, it's like being a Navy SEAL when people. People before back when I was single because there's only one woman for me. And you can, I'll text her and tell her that right now. Oh, man, she uh, guys that used to have more luck picking up chicks by saying they worked with Navy SEALs. Than dude, you have more Navy SEALs. You have the ultimate pickup line. Dude. You never, killed it never Bin Laden. Works. It never works. <laughs> that would Not be that awesome. I've never tried it, but it never Online, works. Mat- <laughs> try that match.com. See how that goes. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna finish with this. Long walks to a bada bed. <laughs> you didn't become a hero when you killed Bin Laden. You became a hero when you joined the military. And I just want to thank you for coming on my podcast. This has been fun. Thank you. Good luck with the book. And thank you. I can't thank you enough from everybody. Awesome. Yeah, man. Awesome. Bravo. Thank you. Same, man. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.